Friday. Welcome to the Colby Daniels Podcast presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom, CBD, and Delta 8. I'm a customer at Artisan Botanicals, and I can tell you the people there are great. If you have any questions whatsoever, don't hesitate to ask. 405-458-9699. They are truly dedicated to helping you live a better life. So uh, check it out. You can order online, abotanicalcompany.com. Plus, we're saving you 15% uh, uh, 15% off your online order with abotanicalcompany.com and the discount code Colby Show, C-O-L-B-Y-S-H-O-W. Plus, they have a drive-thru. I was there uh, just two days ago picking up an order, and you pull in, pull up to the drive-thru, uh, and, and it's in and out in like 30 seconds. So it's efficient, it's safe, and it's very easy to do. Order online, abotanicalcompany.com, easy and safe pickup, Artisan Botanicals. All right, we are, uh, we're going to talk college football quarterbacks. I'm sure uh, if you've been on social media at all today, you've come across the debate about uh, ESPN releasing the best college football quarterbacks uh, this century. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to have an all-time college football quarterback draft with Aaron Davis and Eric G, and then we'll debate the list that was put out this week. So hope you guys enjoy college football quarterback draft with myself, Aaron Davis, and Eric G. All right, we have our all-time college football quarterback draft. Joining me are Eric G. and Aaron Davis. We randomized the draft order already, so Eric is going to start us off with the number one overall pick. I'll have the second pick. Aaron Davis will then snake this draft at three and four, and it loops back around. So, uh, guys, what's going on? Well, first of all, okay, so did you get this idea after seeing ESPN Plus rank their top 60 quarterbacks from – the last 20 years is, is that how, is that how this came about? 100%. That was the genesis (laughs) of the idea. Yeah. Um, I, I've, uh, I've, I love doing drafts anyway, and uh, I'm trying to, to do a weekly draft on Fridays, just kind of a, you know, fun in the week type thing. And, uh, when I saw that list, I was like, that's perfect. Uh, you know, obviously extending it beyond just, uh, the last 20 years or whatever, but yeah. No, it was a good. It was a good list. It was a bit of a maddening list because they they factored so much into results and stats. They weren't looking at pure ability. And as this draft goes on, it'll be interesting to see how we pick, how many we take off that list, and what you guys value the most. Because there were a couple of guys like Pat Mahomes was like fifty fourth on that list, rated below Mason Rudolph and. Carson Palmer was rated below Sam Bradford, so um, I think on ability, ESPN got a few got a few of those wrong, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, I I definitely had some issues with the rankings. Uh, we can we can discuss what we do in comparison to the rankings when we get done. I don't want to give away any of my draft strategies out of the gate, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm totally down to discuss uh, the some of the the things that I thought were wrong with it, as well as maybe how that impacts what we select. All right. Sounds that, 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 that sounds fair. By the way, I I, I would just say, I told Eric this Aaron already before we hit record. Uh, I'm in this circumstance. I'm pretty glad to not have the first pick. Like really? Yeah. Oh, I think, I think if I was picking one my first pick would be pretty easy. Really? Okay. Yeah. Mine was not. I'll tell you right now, my my first pick is is not is not easy. Um and I'm only picking him number 1 cuz I've seen him with my own eyes and I've seen him more than I would 
th- than the guy I really want to pick at, no- at oh. number one. So oh, there's I'm, a guy I'm interested. There, there's a guy I really want to pick at number one. I'm not going to because I, I I only saw this guy. I only saw Kyler Murray play for a year. Kyler Murray's who I wanted to go with at number one because quite frankly, I think athletically, just going to games covering games. He's probably the best quarterback I've ever seen. But number one, I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield. Uh, Heisman winner. Um, got OU to the playoffs not once but twice. Didn't win a national championship. Number one overall pick in the in the draft. And really, it was what put him over the top was that moment in Waco. It was the year before they went to it was the year before they went to the playoffs. That year they ended up going to the Sugar Bowl where he had that throw to uh, I think it was Flowers. In, in the end zone, which I thought at that moment was his Heisman moment, but even that still wasn't good enough to win him the Heisman that year. But ultimately, athletic ability, I love his story. The fact that he was a guy that was essentially an undrafted free agent, didn't have many scholarship offers, went to Texas Tech, got beat out there, transfers to Oklahoma, and outperforms Patrick Mahomes and probably one of the greatest quarterback duels of all time, or one of the worst defensive games, one of the worst played defensive games we've seen at all time, depending on how you want to look at it. Uh, but Baker Mayfield is my number one overall pick. All right. Baker Mayfield was also the number one quarterback ranked in ESPN's quarterback rankings. So uh, there you go. It's a, it, Look, that's the safe pick, uh, especially, I, I think, in this part of the country. You got the fan favorite, and nobody is, I, I think, going to give you a hard time for making that selection. But they should. There's, there's a, there's a few guys that, like, I went down to when you told me we were doing these, doing five. I went ran, down and ranked my five number ones, my five number twos, so forth and yeah. so on. And my third, my fourth number one overall could probably be the number one pick. And I don't think, I, I think anybody should argue, but I think anybody should argue that this guy's actually better than Baker Mayfield. So yeah. I actually kind of did this hoping people would, would, would argue with it and make some good arguments against it. Well, I think I, that Baker, I, I think Baker was a right pick, Eric, but I, I do agree a hundred percent on the Kyler Murray thing. And I've said this for, I, I guess it was three, what, three years ago that he was in Norman. Kyler Murray is the best football college football quarterback I've ever seen. If I, just if I had to pick one quarterback to have for a season, I would pick Kyler Murray over Baker Mayfield. As great as Baker was and everything that he accomplished, just what Kyler Murray did on the field, it was everything that Baker could do at another level. And so, yeah, I agree. I think that he probably is tough to take one, like you said, but I agree. He's he's the best quarterback I've ever seen in person. I which which guy, if either one of you were a defender, a defensive backer, a linebacker. And one of those guys tucked the ball and ran, which both of them had a tendency to do. Which one would you least want to be in position to tackle uh, of those two? Well, you're not going to tackle one. Yeah, one of yeah, them, you're, you're, you yeah, just you're literally gonna... have no chance. The other thing is, who do you worry about making the big play between those two? And I was way more, I'd be way more worried about Kyler Murray beating me than Baker Agreed. Mayfield because Mayfield has that tendency to, to pull a Brett Favre. I'm not just going to put it there because I can. I'm just so overconfident, but I just, I've seen him. He played longer. I, the thing with Kyler Murray is we only got him for one year, really one year of his entire college career. I and mean, it's his time at A&M sort of counts, but he didn't play that long there. I wish we had gotten to see Kyler Murray at least a couple of seasons. And had we, I probably would have picked him number one. 
Yeah, I, I wish we had more of Kyler Murray as well, but I, I think in terms of evaluating those two guys, uh, I, I think we're unanimous here. I, I mean, give me Kyler Murray, and, and that's not a slight on Baker Mayfield. I just think the skill set. I mean, to, to have a guy that gives you what Kyler does on the ground as well as being among the greatest efficiency quarterbacks in the history of college football, it's, it's tough do to you beat. Guys, do you guys think if uh, – just a real quick question. Do you guys think if Kyler Murray would have been at OU for those three years that Baker was there – that the results at the end of the year would have changed. You think that defense was so bad that if you put the 2019 Chiefs out there on offense, it wouldn't have mattered. They still would have lost the, in the playoffs. I think so. I, that, that defense, uh, well, actually the one year, the one year I think OU could have won it was the Rose Bowl year. And I, I, I chalked them losing the Rose Bowl up to – Lincoln Riley taking the ball out of Mayfield's hands necessarily more than than Mike Stoops defense not being able to stop Georgia. I mean, it was a major problem, but it just Baker Mayfield completely disappeared that second half through no fault of his own. So but yeah, in 2019, I I think the results are the same because, yeah, that defense was pretty putrid all the way around. Yeah, I don't know how much it changes the ultimate outcome. If I had to, I mean, obviously it's not possible, but if you could switch it and then go back in time and watch it play out, I don't know that I would bet on it and feel confident in it being any different. I mean, yeah, there was a, both offenses were incredibly explosive. And when you look at the numbers, I mean, I, I just I anticipate that the offense still would have been great. And, you know, a lot of the issues they had still would have been issues. Been there, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, Number two, um, after we have this long Baker Mayfield-Kyler Murray discussion, I'm going to go away from uh, Oklahoma altogether. And uh, this one's probably not going to win me any fans around here, but this is the best football player I've ever seen with my eyes. You're taking my vote. So I'm going south of the Red River, (laughs) the most dominant individual football player I've ever seen play college football, and I'm going Vince Young. Ooh, interesting. Not You didn't take my pick, I didn't. When you were sit, when you were sitting it up, that's not who I thought you were really? going to take. Okay. Yeah, I, you, you caught me off guard there. I so so I'm I'm guessing you I, I'm guessing Aaron. It's it's no, you know, it's no secret you were going to take Colt McCoy, but why Vince Young over Colt <laughs> McCoy? I mean, <laughs> I, I, other I than the actually, fact that Vince. Okay, go ahead. I, I was actually going to take the greatest quarterback of all time because uh, I thought we were doing all time list. It's obviously yeah. Major Applewhite. Great. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, Chris Sims would agree with you on that one. Yeah. Uh, so I broke down, I, I broke this down on my, on my big board. I broke it down into tiers. So my top tier was guys that you watch play and they feel like they're once in a generation talent. Like, and they've had individual success, putting up numbers and their team wins, their wins a national championship or has, you know, sustained success like Baker Mayfield I even though he never won a national championship the sustained success that the team had while he was there puts him up in that top tier for me so the fact that this guy fell to me at three and I know he's not he's I would say he's controversial but like not in the same way that guys like uh, Johnny Manziel are but he is a two-time national champion we'll count one because he was kind of just a role player in the first one, but a Heisman winner, two-time Maxwell award winner. I think he is the greatest college football player of all time. I'm going to go Tim Tebow at three. Good pick. Solid pick. Can't really argue that. 
what, what would you any friends here know? Because there are people still mad about there. There, there are people still mad about two thousand three, four, eight, and, and so forth and so on. But I mean, if you need to get your team motivated, I feel like Aaron made the right pick. So that's you know that's the guy that in the huddle is going to get everybody really amped up to make a play. Right, and you know he he's going to throw an ugly ball, but somewhere down the field. Riley Cooper's going to say a slur word and he's going to catch the ball. <laughs> Aaron Hernandez is going to annihilate people to go get that football. Oh, Tim Tebow is it? Th- look, it, we're not going to sit here and act like Tim Tebow's throwing to the, you know, the highest character teammates, but hey, if he can make it work with those guys, he can make it work, work with Tim anybody. Tebow's going to throw such pretty footballs to his receivers. Percy Harvin's going to have headaches. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Taking snaps from a from the Pouncy brothers while they're trying to uh, you know make excuses for Aaron Hernandez murdering that guy. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, I look the, the guy. The guy gave you not only one of the greatest speeches of all time what, 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 after the whole Old Miss loss, but really he was a gritty player. I everybody makes it, look. Tim Tebow's an easy target to make fun of. I mean, you either love the guy or you can't stand the goody two-shoes image he portrays. But on the field, he was a pretty tough cat. And we always talk about guys that run. When Baker Mayfield ran, when Vince Young ran, when both those guys ran, you didn't really want to take them on because because they weren't going to avoid contact at all. And they're big, they're big guys. So they could hurt you just as, just as much as you hurt them. And, I mean, in the NFL, the guy really miracled <laughs> – some of the strangest wins uh, we've seen for any quarterback. I, Colby and I talked about this. Uh, I think it was last week. Talked about like those those athletes where you just kind of assume that they're going to win. I I felt like Tebow had gotten to that point at the end of his senior year when Alabama beat them in that SEC championship game, and I guess it was uh, 2009 or was it 2009 or 2010, whatever it was. I remember watching that game. I think Florida was undefeated going into it and being shocked that. Tim Tebow lost in the SEC title game. Like, I think he got to a point where he had so much success up to his fi- up till his final game that it was a little surprising when when he lost a game. I think that's a tough thing to to acquire, like a tough level to reach in college football. Uh, for my next pick, I have two guys left in my top tier, so and they're kind of similar. They're both guys that uh, really flashed in one season but I feel like they were once in a generation talent. So uh, I'm going to go Cam Newton. Good pick. Really gonna good go, pick. I'm going to go Cam Newton because the other guy that was on my board in that tier, his team was significantly better as far as what he had around him. Same result, national champion, Heisman winner. You probably know who I'm talking about. It was very recent. But I look back and I look at the team that – Cam Newton carried to a national championship. Like who, I mean, offensively, he really had nobody around him. I was a, the running back was a Dwyer, Michael Dwyer or something like that. He was, he was good in that national championship game. But I mean, going up to that, it was like a, like a Russell Westbrook esque, like my uses percentages at about 98% right now on the offense. And it's, he willed them to a championship and it was one year, like I said, but I mean, if he would have played three years in college, I have no doubts that he would have been a Heisman finalist multiple times, might have been back into a national championship game, at least would have been, you know, competing for SEC titles. So I'm going to go back to back SEC guys. 
Nice. Tim Tebow and Cam Newton. Nice. I, I actually have Cam Newton higher on my big board than Tim Tebow. So um, I, I think Cam Newton's one, one of the greats. I mean, as an individual player, you know, Tim Tebow had a lot of team success. Um, you know, he was a part of that, but I didn't feel like it was... I don't know. I, I just never felt like it was the Tim Tebow show. He got a lot of the media attention, and obviously the personality that he was was maybe the only one on that roster that you wanted to put in front of a, a television camera. Uh, so maybe that's why he got all the attention. But, um, I, yeah, I think Cam Newton, just the amount of weight that he had to carry to get Auburn to that finish line as opposed to Tebow. Uh, I, yeah, I would rate Newton ahead of Tim Tebow. So I, I, he, that's a great he, he, he did it himself, yeah. All right, uh, snaking back to me, I'm, I'm going to go uh, with the guy that we argued about in, in the very first pick, and I'm going to go Kyler Murray here. Um, I, I think that he's the greatest Sooner quarterback of all time um, as far as just skill set and what he gives you. Obviously, the one year uh, is, is never going to probably put him in that position when you start arguing because Baker has three years of accomplishments, three conference championships, multiple All-American honors. They both have the Heisman Trophy. Baker went to multiple college football playoffs. Like, Baker is certainly more accomplished than Kyler Murray in the history of college football. But, you know, we, we talked about it. I think if you have a down to make a game-winning play, I would have a hard time picking very many people to take that snap over Kyler Murray. I think I got the, the number one guy that I would choose in that situation with Vince Young. I'm not so sure Kyler Murray wouldn't be second on that list for me. So... Kyler Murray, my second selection for this uh, quarterback draft. Okay, going my second selection. Cannot believe that this guy is still on the board. Actually, I probably should, considering the fact that I, I'm the I'm the old man uh, of this group. I never saw him play in college. Okay, I was not I was not born when, when he when he when he rose to fame in college. One of the greatest option quarterbacks of all time. NFL Hall of Famer. He's in the ring of honor. You know him. You love him. Roger Staubach is, is, is my number two pick. And part of that comes from working with Pat Jones, who every time we talk about quarterbacks, Staubach's name just, just cannot not come up. And there's still, for any of us that grew up watching those 70s Dallas Cowboy teams, there's still an awe factor when you say his name. It's still just sort of it, it, it rings. Unlike Bradshaw, who won more Super Bowls, even unlike Joe Montana or Tom Brady, you say Roger Staubach, and there's this, wow, man, Roger Staubach, there's this really, you know, you, you start to kind of hear angels sing because you think about one of the, the more craftier quarterbacks to ever play in the NFL. He could run. He could throw on the run. He could beat you several different ways. Um was able to take Navy to the Cotton Bowl. So, yeah, I, and I know I'll kind of be the lone guy taking somebody from the 60s, but Roger Staubach at number two. Yeah, that's a great pick. He was he was on my big board, for sure. Um, I mean, you're talking about a guy that wins a Heisman Trophy, wins a Super Bowl at the next level, goes to multiple Super Bowls. And I think when you throw in the whole idea of playing for one of the armed forces into that equation, it's just like, how is there not something... Mm -hmm. A little bit like the, the, just the mystique overall of of Roger Staubach and and the story and the just path that he took to greatness is is pretty incredible. Yeah, that just it really it's still getting chills talking talk about this guy. He's one of the few guys I would still be starstruck by if he walked into the room. I don't I don't know if I could actually go talk to Roger Staubach. All right, I you mean, have, have back to backs. 
All right, cannot believe this guy is still on the board. He won the nat- he he didn't win the most recent national championship, but he did win the one before that. Uh, number one overall pick for the Cincinnati Bengals, Heisman winner out of LSU. I'll take Joe Burrow, um, who like Kyler Murray, like Baker Mayfield, guys, brings up a very interesting discussion because even when you looked at that ESPN list, think about how many guys on there were transfer guys. I mean, this guy wasn't good enough to play at Ohio State. He had to leave Ohio State and go down to LSU to get his shot. And when he got his shot, much like Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, he made the most of it. And you can argue he made more because he was able to win the biggest game in college football. I also think what we're about to see with him in the NFL is another pretty stellar career. I won't go so far as to say he's a Hall of Famer, but I'd be surprised if he's not all pro, Pro Bowl type player and doesn't help the Cincinnati Bengals compete in what could become. If the Bengals get good, Browns stay on their course, Ravens stay good, and we know the Steelers are the Steelers. Next to the NFC West, that AFC North could be the toughest division in football for years to come with all the quarterbacks that they've got, especially three really good young ones. I'm uh, I'm a little disappointed that that was your selection because um, I, I didn't necessarily have my big board in tears, but based on the way like Aaron was explaining it, Joe Burrow would have been the last one on my top tier that that was available. So he was absolutely like without question going to be my next selection, uh, and I had him all queued up. But look, I, I think as far as Joe Burrow goes. You can make the argument, and I think you're going to be hard-pressed to get somebody to definitively prove you wrong that Joe Burrow didn't have the greatest college football season in the history of the sport. Oh, he did. Where, where, where do you compare that to Barry Sanders? Yeah, I mean, Sanders didn't win a national Sanders didn't win a national championship. They only went to the the Holiday Bowl. They lost to OU in Nebraska, but I mean, when you talk about great football seasons of all time. I, I think Barry Sanders can fit right there in the yeah. conversation with, with Burrow for he sure. He absolutely does. And you know, that, that is somewhat apples to oranges because they're, you know, what you do as a quarterback and what you do as a running back doesn't have as much impact on some of the arguments you make for Joe Burrow. And, you know, you, you add like the national championship into the equation. We never hold something like that against a running back because they just don't impact the game the same way. Uh, but yeah, I, I, Barry Sanders, I think, is the has by far the greatest non-quarterback season in the history of college football. And then, it, you know, as far as quarterbacks go, just again because they literally touch the ball every single snap, um, it, it almost kind of feels like they have to be separate arguments. But I mean, Burrow, the numbers, uh, the domination, the national championship, the Heisman, uh, it just like it's it's insane. Their margin of victory and 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 what he did. I think when you look at their SEC championship game, the college football playoff, and then that national championship game, like his three best games of the year were those final three games against their best competition. I mean, he had what, like 500 touchdowns in the, the <laughs> so, playoffs last year? Something like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. And that, that was just all against OU. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Forget what he did against Clemson. He just completely roasted Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. Burrow was the last guy on my top tier, and like I said a few minutes ago, like the only separator thing that allowed me to go with Cam over Burrow was the fact that we've already, in just a year removed, seen how much talent he had around him on that offense. Just, I mean, think the J- Justin Jefferson, uh, Edwards Alaire, like these are dudes that are already 
flashing in the NFL at elite level. So, you know, it really just came down to Cam did it with literally nobody. And, you know, Burrow had some pretty elite talent around him for me. Yeah, no doubt. All right, I'm going to go. This is a tough one. I I have a few guys here that I feel like, you know, it's it's, uh, kind of preference. I'm going to stick with my theme that I've got going, at least at this point in the draft, with that guy that, on any given play can beat you in multiple ways. Um, He's elusive. He can do it with his legs. He can do it with his arm. Uh, We've seen him do some incredible things. Um, Character out the window. I'm going Johnny Manziel. (laughs) You're right. Character out the window. Went right, went, went right out there, went right down to the casino <laughs> as, soon as, he, as soon as he won the cotton ball. <laughs> By the way, I just saw a tweet today that Johnny Manziel is uh, not available for uh, their their next game. What is that league? The Veterans League? The Players? Oh, the, oh, that, fans the, 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 League or something like the that? The Fans yeah. League. That's <laughs> one of the... That's one of the best and worst ideas all rolled into one, letting the fans pick the players. Yeah. It's, it's a, that's still. He had emergency dental surgery today, and he won't play oh. in week three of the FCF. GMP root canal. <laughs> Probably tired of getting beat yeah. up. It's like, ah, uh, yeah. yeah, let's go, let's go dental surgery on. I this mean, one. you know, again, yeah. I think his was his personality and certainly the failures of what happened in the NFL. Probably, you know, this happens all the time. We remember guys better as college athletes if they're good in the NFL, and we remember them worse if they're not. Um, but if you isolate just what he did as a quarterback in College Station, the guy was just incredible. Every single week, he was doing mind-blowing things. I mean, you could argue that, I mean, there's no Kyler Murray if there's no Johnny Manziel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you really could. Uh, it's, it's a very good point. And you wonder why one of them is able to make it in the NFL and the other and the other one isn't. Oh wait, it's really all kind of character issues for for Johnny Manziel. Yeah, yeah. I never I never felt like Johnny. I mean, the first time I ever saw Kyler Murray throw a football, um, you know, taking away that one spring game where there were like thirty mile an hour winds. But the the first time I ever saw Kyler Murray just throw a football, I was like, holy cow, this dude has elite velocity, like among the best I've ever seen throw a football. I never felt like that, like Johnny had that sort of just no, rip no. out of his hands. And, and you know, that, that affords Kyler Murray to, to make some throws at the next level that Johnny can't. No, what he had was, was a lot of great running ability and the, where, the wherewithal to make things happen while he was on the run. And he was just, sort of had that that toughness and and that grit about him. Um that's what he had. I mean, you're right. Throwing wise, not particularly accurate, not the greatest arm arm in the world, just good enough to get by, but it, like he had that Tim Tebow thing just in a just in a little bit smaller body. And I'd still say Tim Tebow if I if I had to pick two, I would still pick Tebow to win a game and Tebow had much better arm strength, but I don't know, Man- Manziel was just, I felt like he was just kind of like a one-hit, one-flash wonder is what he was for for, for one year, and, and, really, and really nothing more. And I don't know if I, I consider him one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time as much as I consider him one of the best years 
of all time. And maybe it's because it's a small body of work or he flamed out in the NFL, but there, there, yeah. there's something about him where when this conversation comes up, I don't, I have to go down the list in, or, in order to get to him. Yeah, no, you that's know, fair. Johnny Manziel, you know, Johnny Manziel always reminded me of, reminded me of Allen Iverson. It, like even like off the court, not even talking like off the field or off the court, just the like, it kind of felt like it was all just like, like street ball or like backyard football. Like it, none of it just, it all just felt completely improvised at every, every second at every point of every game. It just felt like it was completely improvised and he was just similar, like athletic skills, like quicker than a lot of guys. And just kind of, despite the size difference made plays like the Alabama play, like his, his Heisman moment there. He won the Heisman. It was the tipped pass where it comes back to him and he throws a touchdown. Like it just, it felt very like and one style, like flashy stuff. And there wasn't like the consistent, like he's just really good at something and he does that really well all the time. It just was constant. Like the, the only thing he did really well was just make plays. Well, I'm glad you guys are shitting all over my pick. Um, Maybe I need to call Mike Stoops to come defend me because I'm sure Mike Stoops would tell you guys that Johnny Manziel is significantly better than you're giving him credit for. Well, and what I don't understand is about that game that Johnny Manziel completely burned OU is didn't Trevor Knight give OU a really good look as a, as a scout team quarterback in preparation for the Cotton Bowl? Wasn't that the book that we got on him that Trevor, oh my gosh, Trevor Knight is going to be this great quarterback and he can imitate Johnny Manziel. Trevor Knight, by the oh, way, still real- on the board, shockingly enough. I, I, I'm i just saying. Uh, maybe not for long. Maybe not for my turn my up you're up aaron davis okay okay all right so colby you just went with a guy that mac brown looked at coming out of high school and said i see you're playing quarterback but you know what i think you'd be better suited on the defensive side how about you play like maybe a a cornerback or a slot receiver if you want to play offense i'm gonna go with a guy that mac brown did the same exact thing too as well i'm gonna go with robert griffin Wow, RG3. Now, look, no national championships or anything like that, but I mean, he played at Baylor. And it, this was like, this is the Baylor that three of us know. The Baylor that was one in 10 every year. That was, you know, winning. If they were lucky, they win four games in a year up until Robert Griffin getting there. And I remember I, I went to high school like maybe 30 minutes away from where he went to high school. And I, I remember people talking about him like on with track. Yeah. Like there was a lot of buzz around him with, with his, you know, track and field performance and stuff and like Olympics with like, a, I think it was a 100 or 200, whatever. But like, like his athleticism was like something that everybody was fully aware of. And then, you know, he goes to Baylor and you're kind of like, eh, like I, we're all aware of this kid coming out of high school. Baylor seems like a little bit of a, a letdown for where he should be going to play with his talent levels. And then, I mean, immediately, like he went in there as a freshman and had a pretty good year. And then just every year, I think he got hurt his sophomore year, but like his junior and senior year, like just dominating college football, like elite athleticism. I think that like you could put him up there with the top three or five most athletic quarterbacks ever in college football. And it went a Heisman at Baylor is just, and they, and they won games too. Like they were winning a lot of games while he was there. They beat OU and Norman, right? My, or was that in Baylor? It was Baylor, uh, right? They beat him in they beat him in Waco. Yeah, Bob, Waco, Bob Stoops, okay. Yeah, Bob Stoops calling that timeout, um, which ticked off Art Bryles. And I think as we've learned, you don't tick off Art Bryles because bad things happen. 
when when Art Bryles gets mad. I remember I remember talking to uh, Brennan Clay, former OU running back. And he was talking about Robert Griffin, and he said that was the fastest human being he's ever seen in his life when he was galloping down the sidelines on uh, that long touchdown run he had in Waco. Just a phenomenal athlete. He was a good quarterback. And, like, just, again, for the, to reiterate this, the fact that he did it at Baylor. If Cam Newton won a Heisman with those guys he won it in Auburn, the fact that, he, that Cam Newton won a Heisman with the guys at Baylor, like, that's, that's phenomenal to me. And, and to get him as the ninth quarterback, I think that's a pretty good get. Yeah, uh, I'll never forget. I, I don't. I think, I think they lost. But RG 3s first ever game, Eric, you probably remember this better than I do. But his first ever game against OU didn't. I mean, that was when Baylor was really, really bad. And didn't they? He pushed OU to the very end. I think OU won at the end, but it was a tight game that you like. You're like, there's no way that Baylor, Oklahoma, right now are in this position, and then OU pulls it out late. But it was just basically RG three being RG three. Yeah, and it was. I remember kind of the talk after the game of you know how good he was and how did Baylor get him and well if they can put some people around him who who knows how good he can be maybe they can maybe they can go to bowl games. No one was thinking even after that game that eventually this guy would put Baylor in position to win the Big Twelve. I mean, they're not gonna they're never gonna beat OU. They're not gonna win the Big Twelve. Baylor just just doesn't do that, and I. I I have a hard time saying it sparked success at Baylor because unfortunately we know why Baylor had a lot of their success. Um, and a lot of it was to do to just Art Bryles being a very immoral person. But ultimately he is, he's one of those guys when you look back on it, a how he, first of all, he ended up at Baylor. So there's a wow factor there Two, how he put himself in position to be picked so high in the draft. And then, just just sheer athletic ability. It, it's it's another one of those it's another one of those stories that when I think when you pick through it year after year, we're we're gonna ask ourselves, how did Texas not end up with this guy? And as Aaron pointed out, oh, they recruited yeah. him as a defensive back. So it's another one of those Texas quarterbacks that somehow Mac Brown wasn't able to get. Robert Griffin was a according to rivals, Robert Griffin was a four-star recruit coming out of high school. He had five official offers, obviously one from Baylor. The other four offers were Houston, Kansas, Nebraska, and Tennessee. Wow. That's insane. <laughs> well, and and how many of those and how many of those programs have changed coaches now? I just yeah. just saying. A lot of them have changed coaches, but yeah, there's there's a reason why guys don't stay in one place too long. All right. I'm up again, right? Snaking back to yep, me. Snaking back to you. Yes. All right. All right, I'm going to go with a guy that uh, had a lot of, uh, I don't know about comparisons, but they're tied together very closely for their college careers. Uh, I'm going to go Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck, to me, was the best quarterback for that stretch in the early 2010s. I thought he was far and away the best quarterback in the country. I remember watching highlights of him throwing the ball 40 yards while he was falling down. Uh, you know, like an inch away from his knees hitting the round and just like on a dime. And, uh, you know, we forget how athletic he was running the ball just because he was such a great pocket passer as well. And he was so intelligent. And, uh, you know, he always had that comparison to I, I, I guess he had the comparison to Peyton Manning as far as the way he 
uh, you know, read the line of scrimmage and everything. But I think Elway was I, always I, the the biggest comparison. The comparison, yeah. well, Stanford guys. Well, yeah. and, and just athletic, like you know, great passer, but incredible athleticism that maybe he doesn't get credit for. Yeah, uh, I I thought it was a shame that Andrew Luck never won a Heisman. I thought that his junior year or his second year, uh, when he, I again, I think it was the year that. Uh, um, Mark Ingram won. I thought he was the best player in college football that year. Uh, his next year, when he lost to uh, who won it in 2011? RG3. RG3. Yeah. Yeah. He lost RG3. And I know I just picked RG3, and it's kind of hard to go against Robert Griffin his senior year. But I still thought that if I'm picking one quarterback for a game, it's Andrew Luck. And he went first in the draft, obviously. And he had a great NFL career that he ended up calling short. But just from a talent level, I thought that Andrew Luck was the best quarterback in the country yeah. for the first, you know, three or four years of the last decade. Didn't they get beat? So he he was quarterback for that team that got beat by Oklahoma State. Yes, in the Fiesta. Yeah, in yep. the Fiesta. This was, last, okay. this was last game, I think. Great game, by the way. Yeah, went it was. to overtime. I mean, Whedon and Luck just in the in this great shootout. That was a just an awesome football game. It's probably the best bowl game of that year. It was a heck of a lot better than that LSU Alabama twenty-one yeah. to nothing fiasco. Yeah, I uh, I just I remember uh, trading my media credential for a ticket that was very close to the end zone and tailgating all day long and just having a ball because I had no post post game duties that day. So that's a good that's a good that's a good way to enjoy a game. Yeah, it's a really good way to enjoy a game. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, all right, back to me. I'm going to go. So when I think like when I just hear the term college football, I go back to like watching it growing up. And the option was such a big part of college football. When I started watching the sport, I'm going with the best option quarterback I've ever seen. We've seen the, the photos of him carrying like 18. I know that's not even possible, but 18 SEC defenders on his back in a national championship game. He completely dominated an SEC team in a national championship game. Tommy Frazier. Who big, athletic, strong. I mean, they destroyed. How many? Wouldn't they put up 41 on Florida? Or I think they got in the 60s, like, didn't they? Yeah. Let's see. Just big. I remember when he played OU and just watching how physical and athletic he was and knowing that day, it's like, well, yeah, they got no they yeah. got no chance in yeah. this game. 6224 none whatsoever. 6224 <laughs> was the final of that game. Dude, Tommy Frazier was just, I mean, just incredible. Well, and it was hard to think at that time um after watching a guy like Turner Gill that Nebraska could have anybody better than him considering yeah. who the type of guys that Tom Osborne recruited and then all of a sudden not only here comes a guy that can run, he can throw, um, he could do more than any other Nebraska quarterback. And it was it was somewhat of a different look. The same elements were there, but it was, I don't know, without saying cheesy, it was like Nebraska quarterback 2.0. It, it, and just absolutely stunning athlete to see, to see in person. Um, at the time, I thought he was the most physical quarterback I had, I had ever seen in person. Um, when he, when he came down to Norman and could not believe really honestly for as good as Nebraska was, could not believe what they did to Florida that night. That was still stunning to me. I'm on green was a running back, right? Or one yeah. of them. I, well, they had Leonard, uh, or what's his name? Not, uh, 
Lawrence Lawrence Phillips. Phillips, yeah. Lawrence Phillips. Who was the who was one the year and full, then who, I think Amon Green was the next year. Who was the big fullback they had that helped them beat Miami? Uh Joel uh was it cool? Was it cool Steiner or something Steiner like that? Or so, yeah, I yeah. think that's something like that. Yeah, <laughs> Corey Schlesinger, maybe. Yeah, Nebraska loves those fullbacks, or Tom Osborne did anyway. Guys that weren't just weren't quite good enough to make it. In, well, I don't know. Tom Rathman made it in the NFL. Yeah. So, it, any guesses, real quick? How many catches a leading receiver had for the '95 Cornhuskers? Oh man, 20. 20. Yeah, I was gonna say like 25. 17. Ooh, Reggie Ball had go. 17 catches. 17 catches. Yeah. <laughs> and they scored 60 points in a national championship game. Crazy. Quick complaining, son. You're on scholarship. Just, yeah. just go out there. If he throws it to you, be happy. <laughs> right. That's see, that's that when we talk about being able to run the football on demand. Everybody in the country knew exactly what Nebraska was going to do. There was no mystery about, you know, were they going to try to run it today? Were they going to throw it? Uh, you know, there was no talk of balance. Like, you knew exactly what they were going to do, and they still ran the score up on you. Uh, just, well, and, and one, they were at the forefront of weight training, of of exactly of doing the off-season workout that, that that is so commonplace now in, in college football, but their linemen, you, you always had to worry about their offensive line, and, and and a lot like OU, none of them were ever good enough to to really make it in the NFL because they you know they were blocking for option teams, but physically, when you played Nebraska you always kind of felt like you were in to get your tail whipped, or at least you were going to be sore the next day. And that was kind of their calling card the, from really probably the entire – from the time Devaney was there all the way through the, the Osborne years. Yeah. And that's one thing that, that, that Nebraska's missing. Nebraska's not tough anymore. Well, they're not athletic either, but they don't – you don't fear them the way that you used to for a lot of reasons. Yeah, there was there was just a certain pride I think attached to wearing that uniform, and you know you've heard the the black shirt stuff. I mean, yeah, there was just a there was a different level at that time when you were there. You you just you had to be tough. I wonder if their fans would be happier now instead of actually watching them play a game if you just showed the highlight reels from them in the '90s. If that would actually get them more excited <laughs> to come to Memorial Stadium. Uh, all right, Eric, it is your turn. You've got back-to-backs right. here. I cannot believe this guy is still on the board. Um, and we're going back to the 90s um, f- for this one, but I'm going with Peyton Manning. Not a Heisman winner, but um, really one of the most pro- prolific passers in-, in college football history. Everybody knows what he did in the NFL. He's going to be in the NFL Hall of Fame. He's going to get enshrined this year. And Really, honestly, if he could just have beaten Florida, he would have won the Heisman Trophy. And, and I really think that was it. It was his inability to get past Steve Spurrier coach teams that allowed Charles Woodson, the year he won the Heisman, to really catch fire. And it's great. Look, Charles Woodson deserved the Heisman because you're playing special teams. You're playing on the defensive side of the ball. And it was very electrifying on special teams. But honestly, Peyton Manning's whole body of work and just the fact that he was that prototypical big pocket passer, great arm, accurate, um, a, a guy that could digest X's and O's better than anyone that we had seen at that point, and maybe anybody that we have we will ever see since 
come into the NFL. He probably should have been taken a little bit higher on this list. Um, sorry that he's only the fourth player pick for me, but I, <laughs> but I, you know, truly think that, yeah. you know, as far as, you know, if, if you could just draw up the perfect guy to take it and put in the NFL, he was, he was it. I mean, and, and at the time that, that he was, that he was killing everybody at Tennessee, um, the talk was, you know, would we ever see a guy better than Peyton Manning? Was he the best we had ever seen? Um, since then, all the guys that we picked before him have, have come along. But I, I just, God, man, when when I think about him and, and those battles with Spurrier, he never could get past Spurrier, and it took him a while to get past Belichick. But still, one one of the all time great careers in both college and, and the NFL. The only thing he's missing is a Heisman Trophy and a national championship, yeah. and he got darn close to both. We uh, we've now had two guys drafted in this draft that I think are both. Uh, kind of caught in this thing in sports where you become so good that it's almost held against you. And and I think the Heisman Trophy for, for Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning, um, I, I think, applies to both of those situations, right? Like, everybody that watched college football, I think, in both of those years, in 97 and, what, 2011, like, knew that those were the best two players in the sport. Like, there was nobody yeah. argued going into the 2011 season that Andrew Luck wasn't the, the absolute 100% best player in the sport. And it was almost as if because we anointed him the best player before the season even started, like, you were already just looking for reasons maybe to not pick him. Like, you know, he was only going to come down as opposed to elevate his game from where he started the season. I think I think the same thing was true of Peyton Manning and, you know, Manning's probably biggest issue was like you said with Florida I think this is where sometimes the whole team success thing may get in the way of you know who people want to vote for for the Heisman yeah I I, I would agree with that and it'd be I always wonder had I had a Heisman vote then would I have voted for him or Charles Woodson I I know who I'd have voted for. I'd have voted for Woodson I yeah. think I would have just got caught up in the hype absolutely and voted voted for Woodson at that time all right when the fifth pick, another guy I cannot believe is on the board, and I think what hurts him is where he played because his school had an opportunity to win a national championship, got beat by Florida State, ah! went on to have one of he went on to have a pretty good NFL career, got in trouble with the law, came back, rebounded, but I'm going to go Mike Vick uh, with with my number five pick. Um, again, athletic. I mean, you talk about Tommy Frazier being. Uh, one of the best option quarterbacks you've ever seen. I'd say Mike Vick, obviously one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen, period. But again, that um, really setting the stage for that, for guys like Vince Young, guys like Cam Newton, guys like Tim Tebow, big, big guys that could run. Not just, you know, when, when we think of running quarterbacks prior to him, I think a lot of us think of those guys that played at OU. You think of J.C. Watts, Jamel Holloway, uh, Thomas Lott, right. little shorter. Mike Vick, not short at all. I mean, he looked like a, a prototypical quarterback, but he could kill you in so many different different ways. I mean, going back to your philosophy of how many different ways can a guy beat you, Mike Mike Vick can beat you several different yeah. ways. No, I completely but, agree. That, that was going to be my next pick, by the way. So, Let me ask that. you guys this, because you both of you will remember much better than I will. Where was Virginia Tech at before Vick got there? Where, like, were they... Like, did Beamer have them in a situation where they, they were, were a good, good program and a respected they program? They were a top 25 program. Yeah. Okay. They, 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 I mean, they weren't a national championship contender. But, yeah, they were. They were. I mean, Eric, would you say it's fair to say, like, kind of in the same boat that Oklahoma State has been in over the last 10 years? Like, 
top 25 yeah, every they, year, but you're, you're in the ACC at that time and you're big East, right? No. Yeah, that's big right. East, you're in yeah, the big yeah, East. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Big East. And you're, you're having to deal with Miami who was such a dominant program and yeah. always had cranked out so many NFL players. It was, you could be good. I mean, heck, you could be the best coach. You could be the best coach in America if you were Frank Beamer, but you were never going to usually beat Miami. Um, and who else? Syracuse would have good teams from time to time in, yeah. the, in the Big East. Then Boston College would come up every every once in a while. But it was a conference so dominated by Miami. If you could get by them, that was always considered kind of a, mi- a minor miracle. Yeah, okay. he was. I mean, he was a running back. First of all, we we just didn't really see a whole lot of guys that ran like ru- like running quarterbacks that had right. like that type of frame. Uh, so that was the first thing that separated him from the rest of the mobile quarterbacks. But he also, I know there were a lot of like conversations about his accuracy, but the dude could throw the football over a mountain. I yeah, mean, big strong. The arm strength was unreal, and I think that's the other thing that kind of like p- put him over the top was we had seen lots of guys that that could play the quarterback position and run the football, but nobody that could just launch the ball, you know, like like he could. He he just he had a fastball that. We had never seen, I think, from a from a mobile quarterback. Yeah, it, he he could put some he could he could put some spin on it. He he could hurt you yeah. with with that thing. I mean, it's it's one of those when you see it leave his hand, you kind of wonder. It's like, how did that dude catch that thing, man? It looked like it should have just gone right through his chest. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was impressive, very impressive athlete. Oh, sorry about taking that one from you, Colby. So who's as soon so as you started expl- as soon as you started describing it, I I was like no. In fact, I actually I, I thought about taking him with my last pick, but I I just kind of thought maybe there was a better chance of him sliding to me than than Frazier. Not really knowing where you guys valued those guys, I just thought that Vic might get get a little bit further down the list. Um, all right, so I'm gonna go with a guy that I have seen play in person, uh, a guy that I thought should have been a Heisman Trophy winner. If I had a vote back then, I, you know, I made, I made the case for him uh, back then. I would have voted him for the, for the Heisman. He played in two national championship games. He is a national champion, and Aaron loves him so much that Aaron has decided to dedicate his entire NFL fandom to where this guy ultimately ends up oh, yeah. uh, from Clemson University, Deshaun Watson. Nice. Nice pick. So, so Aaron, I mean, have you like gone onto NFL.com and like pre, like pre-made all these jerseys and thrown them all in the cart? And then when he gets announced, you'll just take the ones out of the cart that, that he didn't ultimately sign with. Is that how, is that how you're doing it? Uh, no, I just, I'm going to go ahead and buy 29, 20, uh, 31 jerseys all with uh, Deshaun Watson's <laughs> name on there, and I'm going to burn all of the ones that uh, he doesn't end up on. Actually, you just go and sell them on eBay. Yeah, there you Somebody go. Will yeah, buy absolutely. Somebody will buy it for the novelty. <laughs> there you go. Interesting go pick, though, uh, Colby. So is if he, Deshaun Watson over Trevor Lawrence, is that like an easy pick for you to pick for between me those it is, two? Yeah. More athletic, and I mean, at this point, we know what Deshaun Watson is in the in the NFL. 
I mean, he's not he's not just the hottest topic in the NFL. He, he really is probably one of the, what the best six, seven quarterbacks in the league right I'd now. I'd put him higher than that. I'd put him like top three. Yeah, I think he's like top but, three. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 here's the thing. I don't I don't put any weight into what these guys did in the NFL as far as evaluating this. Like, I, it's strictly based on what I watched when they played in college and. Yeah, I just, you know, Trevor Lawrence was good. I just, I always felt like with Trevor Lawrence, I don't know, this this is probably unfair, but I always felt like I wanted a little bit more from him. Whereas, like, with Deshaun well, Watson, I, I felt, just... like, consistently satisfied that he was doing, like, big things to get Clemson there. But the, I think the hype for Trevor, especially considering he beat Alabama the way he did his freshman yeah. year, that it was just unobtainable. I remember, I remember after that national championship game, Everybody had already crowned him the two-time Heisman winner. Yeah, and you know, you know, like I'm guilty of this as well. But I think there's something to be said for watching a guy like Deshaun Watson in that big moment have to trade blows with Alabama and come out on the other side successful. Versus, you know, Trevor Lawrence was never that game was never competitive when he won a national championship. Right? It was a complete blowout. We never had to see him face the fire multiple times down the stretch of the game and come up big. I mean, I don't know. That's just one of those things that I, I think it elevates guys that get those opportunities. It, it probably shouldn't take away from the guys that aren't in that situation. But um, the reality is I, I watched Deshaun Watson in the most important game of the year answer Alabama over and over yeah. and over to the point that he won a national championship. Like, I don't probably one of the single greatest performances – in bowl history, wouldn't you say that that went over Alabama? Yeah. Is it is it yeah. worthy of that? Yeah. And and look, I thought the year before, I mean, he 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 did the same thing. They just didn't have the ball last, right? Right. <laughs> look, I don't hate the pick. Go. I love him. Yeah. No, that's good. It's a good pick. Okay, Aaron, I'm anxious right. to hear this. Now that Deshaun Watson's off the board, where do you go? Uh, so I'm, I, I think I'm getting a good steal here. He's, uh, I think at the time we all loved him, but I think as the decade has passed, we've kind of forgotten about him a little bit. I'm going to go Colt McCoy. The fact that, I mean, Colt McCoy, he did play four full years as a starter at Texas. So that helps this stat that I'm about to throw out, but he was 45 and eight at Texas as a starter, which is last I checked, that's the second all time for wins at a quarterback in college football. Winning is that Texas. I mean, that's pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah. And, and we saw, look, and, and the two things that stand out to me, one, the national championship game against Alabama where he goes out. And I, I, I don't know that we can for sure say that this would have happened, but it's kind of been a pretty, you know, commonly agreed idea that if he wouldn't have gotten hurt, Texas wins that national championship game. So I think that's right. that shows the yeah. impact. That, yeah. Right. That shows the impact that he had on, on that team just from an individual standpoint. Two, um, the fall off that they had after he left. The fact that they went from Vince on to Colt McCoy, which was a total blessing for Austin in, in that in that program. But then a decade where they just could not get a even a decent quarterback until Sam Ellinger got there. They were trash. Like they were just absolute trash after he left there. So I look at the, what the no way love that he for played. Case, no love for his brother Case. Case What's up with like, that? Case, between David Ash and Case uh, swapping games, I I don't have a lot of love for Case. Tyrone uh, Swoops? Tyrone Jevin, Swoops, Jevin great Steed? receiver. 
Jeff Hardy didn't play bad in that national championship all, game. No, no, no. That was all, that was all Garrett, Gilbert. Garrett Gilbert. Oh, that's right. Garrett, yeah. Golly. All God, they've had so many mediocre quarterbacks that you just get their names screwed up. <laughs> yeah, the ironic thing is Garrett Gilbert also still in the NFL somewhere, along with Colt McCoy. But I, I, I think that Colt McCoy, while he never reached the heights that Vince Young reached at Texas, I thought that he was a better quarterback. I thought he was more – I shouldn't say a better quarterback, but I thought that he was – Close. He was close to Vince Young. No, no, you can make that argument. You you could say he was a better passer. He was a better quarterback. He's just not the athlete that Vince Young is. I mean, he wasn't a bad athlete though. Colt was he was a good athlete, but yeah, Vince is next level other universe athlete when he was at Texas. But Vince led the nation in completion percentage his last year. By the way, people forget that. Yeah, I, I did forget that. You're right, Colby. And he probably, Colt McCoy probably wins the Heisman. Colt McCoy actually had the Heisman won the week before the Big Until 12 Until Ndamukong Sue showed up, yeah. Yeah. And he, he had it won. And then for some reason, Ndamukong Sue didn't win it. It was, it was England. That was the weirdest year ever. But it was definitely yeah. McCoy. And then I think we all thought, like, Sue was going to win it. And Mark Ingram Look, runs into the ring. You're right. Look, you are right. Vince Young did lead the nation in completion percentage that his last year, but Cole McCoy broke the record. He had the record until this past season yeah. when Mac Jones threw 9,000 passes to Monday <laughs> Smith. Yeah. So I, Mac Jones I wouldn't have picked, pick, I wouldn't pick right? Cole McCoy. I, I guess at this I mean, case, yeah, 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 I'm just <laughs> going to stick with the uh, theme here. Uh, all right. I, I'm getting a little ballsy with my pick. So my second pick, Ah, I can't do it. I can't get ballsy. Not yet. Oh, He'll still be around on my last okay. pick. Uh, I'm saving my ballsy pick. I'm going to go with Marcus Mariota here. Heisman winner. Made it a national championship game. Uh, was just absolutely dynamic. He was the first Oregon quarterback that, I mean, feel how you will about Dennis Dixon and all the other quarterbacks that came for Mariota. But, like, he was the one that you looked at that took him over the hump. Like, they were yeah. good throughout the 2000s. Joey Harrington, all that stuff. But, Mariota took them from being a good competitive program to being one of the three best programs in the country while he was there. Maybe, maybe five, top five, but you know, he made two made him a destination. Yeah. Ma- made sure. him a destination yeah. for quarterbacks. And, and that's not to take away from guys like you were mentioning before, like Joey Harrington, but, but Marcus Mariota was that next level guy where if you were that five-star quarterback, you went, well, hey, look at what they're doing with, with with these guys. Not only do I got a chance to go in the NFL, but I can get picked high, and we're going to win a lot of ball games. No, that's – I like that pick. I like that pick a lot. And and like Colby has been pointing out, a guy that could get it done multiple ways if you needed a big play. I mean, elite-level accuracy passing the ball and a great runner. I still think he got, I, I still think he can play in the NFL. I still think, yeah, I still think he can be a starter in the NFL. Yeah, I I don't know that I'm I'm uh, in the like he's going to be a he could be a top ten quarterback, but I mean to say that he couldn't go somewhere in the right fit and do what Ryan Tannehill did from Miami to Tennessee, replacing Mariota. I mean, I think that's obtainable. Yeah, I mean it's not. I mean I have seen nothing from him in the NFL to say that he's not still at that like top-tier accuracy when throwing the football in those short to medium routes. Yeah. It's just, it's finding the right fit. Maybe it's New England. 
which which that was the that that's where the that's the he's the odds he's the betting favorite right now to be the starting quarterback in New England next year. Him Bella, who knows? He goes to Belichick, gets hooked up with Josh McDaniels. Maybe they do wonders with him. And he's he I, and I believe he's more than a serviceable guy. He's more than that. I believe he's a guy that could be a franchise quarterback. Whatever whatever your your expectations are for that, um, a guy that that for four or five years keeps keeps you consistent. I, I still think he's that if he gets the opportunity. All right, All right cool. This is uh, this is. I'm looking at my list here, and I'm trying to decide the strategy. Um, all right, so I'm going to go uh, somewhat sentimental, friend of the podcast, and a guy that I was just a giant fan of as a kid. Uh, I'm going to go from the 1993 national champion, Florida State Seminoles, just so happened to be the Heisman Trophy winner that year, and he was so good at another sport, he said, you know what, keep football. I'm going to go make... NBA first round money, which is probably the smart decision as well. Charlie Ward. I almost picked him. I, I almost went Charlie Ward. Not my last pick, but I, he was up there. Over Chris Winkie, huh? So that's the Florida Absolutely. State Heisman you're going with. Absolutely. <laughs> Dual yeah, threat. Chris I mean, there's a, there's a common theme with my entire roster so far. Vince Young, Kyler Murray, Johnny Manziel, Tommy Frazier, Deshaun Watson, and... Charlie Ward, if you can't okay. run the football, take it somewhere else. Not at, I, not at, I mean, I don't know I don't know that I would throw the dual threat label on Tommy Frazier, but. <laughs> well, that's the best part about Tommy Frazier is he didn't have to throw it. He was just going to run no. through you. <laughs> I like my quarterbacks to run the ball. Ouch. So Charlie Ward off the board. You know what? I didn't even have him on my board. That's uh... I didn't. I I didn't think either one of you would, but <laughs> I wasn't going to chance it. <sighs> All right. Well, this is this is tough because uh, there's a lot of guys out there that I that I I still have that I don't think y'all were thinking about. Um, I am gonna go. I guarantee none of y'all have this guy on, but but I'm I'm taking it because he was. A, yes, he did win a Super Bowl. Did not win a national championship. Um, or did he? No, he did not. He was not He was not the quarterback when BYU won the national championship. I'm going to take oh, Steve Young. Oh, okay. Um, and the thing about it is, I kind of felt like doing this. There were two schools you really had to look at for quarterbacks. Miami and Brigham Young when I was growing up in the 80s. Yeah. They, were, they were quarterback factories. And when it came down to the BYU quarterbacks, they had a, you know, you had a guy who was very successful in, in Jim McMahon, but McMahon is just a good quarterback. He was a great college quarterback, good NFL quarterback. Robbie Bosco was just a winner. You had guys like Steve Sarkeesian. Ty Detmer won the Heisman, but when it came to guys who could just, again, you love those dual threat guys. Steve Young is one of those dual threat guys. He can run the ball. He definitely can throw it. I love the fact that he's left-handed, which puts him over the top for me being a lefty. And he's one of those guys that I don't think many of us really knew too much about him until he got the opportunity to play for the LA Express in the USFL. You probably saw him there maybe a little bit with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers before he got to San Francisco. But truly, when you start looking at his numbers – um, and again, 
BYU was one of those schools. They could actually do like the 10, the 10 step drop back pass. That's how good those offensive linemen were uh, for them. They didn't get the ball as quickly out of their hands as the guys from Miami did. But if it ever broke down, Steve Young could beat you running. So yeah, Steve Young, Steve Young at number six, which tried to go a little bit off the board on that. I like that. Yeah. Uh, Which, which brings me to the final pick, which is tough, which is tough because there's about six or seven guys really want to go with here. Um, I'm going to go with a Heisman winner uh, on my last one, and not a Heisman winner that I think any of y'all would would think of. He just amassed a lot of numbers on where he played. Was Southwest Conference quarterback. Um, he's a commentator now. Played for the University of Houston. I'm taking Andre Ware. Nice. Uh, just to be just to be a little different. Um, Sam Bradford, Jason White could have easily gone with them, um, but Andre Ware more than anything. He was just a lot. That the run and shoot was so much fun to watch, I, and that was really you know growing up as a as a kid, especially in this area, you saw a lot of option teams in in, in the Big Eight. Nebraska, Oklahoma State, OU, all ran some variation of the option. Well, Miami comes along, they're pro set, or actually before them, it's BYU. It's like, oh, well, who's this team from the West throwing out the ball? Then Miami comes along, and then there's the run and shoot, which sort of paved the way for a lot of what we see now in college. Let's just sling it all over the field and see how many points we can (laughs) score. Let's play basketball. You know, forget defense forget you know shutting teams down let's see if we can't put up 60 every single game and Andre Ware one he had really good arm strength but he just he made you it was an event I mean of all schools that were (laughs) on TV that were an event to watch the University of Houston it's like why do I want to watch Houston of all teams at the Southwest Conference well yeah, because you're you're going to see a, a high scoring ball game. So yeah, Andre Wears is my final pick over David on, Klingler, on huh? One. Yeah, <laughs> it was tough call, tough call over the Eric King too. Yeah. So I guess, or is he Miami guy? How are we how are we looking at him? And I mean, uh, uh, it, it it depends if if you want to call Baker a Tech guy or Burrow an Ohio State guy. Then I mean, Jalen Hurts is he, yeah, an, is Alabama he an Alabama guy? Well, is he an Oakland guy? He seems to he seems to kind of want to be an Alabama guy. <laughs> when he in their locker room for the championship? Yeah, or something? he was, and and I think he will forever be an Alabama guy. To to be real honest, I think that's where. I mean, look, he yeah. spent three years there as opposed to one in Oklahoma. It was a business trip in Oklahoma. It was college in Alabama. Yeah. So, I, I you know Andre Ware's situation is interesting to me because you know he wins the Heisman, but then like David Klingler comes in and basically does the exact same thing. I think he might have even had better numbers uh, following Andre Ware at Houston. And it kind of reminds me of the whole Texas Tech thing, right? Like Cliff Kingsbury yeah. was the first guy in that run of Texas Tech quarterbacks that put up massive numbers, and and people, um, I think, regarded him as a, a pretty good college quarterback. And the next thing you know, it was like, I don't remember the order, but B.J. Simmons and Sonny Cumbie, and you know, it was just like quarterback after quarterback after quarterback that did the exact same thing as Cliff. And then I think people were just like, okay, well... We thought he was a really good quarterback, but then literally every guy they've had since them in that same offense has done the exact same thing. That um, I, I think that's probably why history doesn't remember Andre Ware as as much as maybe they should. No, that, that, that that's a fair point. And I always thought it's really funny you you bring up the, the Heisman vote. I always I remember the first Heisman vote I got. It was the Sam Bradford vote. And I voted Sam Bradford one. 
it was all three quarterbacks. I want to say it was Sam Bradford, Colt McCoy. I think Tim Graham Harrell. Tebow, wasn't it? Oh no, Tebow, it was yeah. it was Tebow. Yeah, because they did all two. those specials that uh, that year around the Heisman, where they had the three guys hanging out, and it was just. But I think I voted. Cringy. I think I voted Graham Harrell three that year, and remember going on the air and talking about why I did it. How I just felt like everybody is saying it's the offense of Texas Tech, and I, and my argument was, well, unless you've got someone who can actually execute the offense, those numbers don't get there. Yeah. So these quarterbacks, I always felt like the tech quarterbacks got got slighted a, a little bit by that. Yeah. And what I think's interesting is at OU, it's the same offense. The, o- the only difference between the Mike Leach offense and the Lincoln Riley offense is Lincoln Riley just has better running backs yeah. and probably better offensive linemen. So why didn't Baker Mayfield, why didn't Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, Spencer Rattler, and I mean, maybe you take Jalen Hurts out of the conversation because he's a different style of running back, but why don't they get slided the way that the guys at Tech did? Why don't we just say it's it's Lincoln Riley's offense and that's the only reason these guys are successful? I think it's because they win. They win games. The team wins games. Well, I, th- I think this is a good question. I, I think partially it with, and, and you can kind of tell the difference between some of the names you mentioned, I think Baker and Kyler are in a separate position than Jalen Hurts because you see the physical gifts throwing the football with Kyler and Baker compared to Jalen Hurts. So Jalen Hurts isn't in the same category as those two guys because he physically isn't as gifted as a passer. So when you watch those guys, even though it's the same offense, you're watching them make plays and make throws that not many people can make. I think the the Texas Tech offense, while you had to be an accurate passer, I mean, a lot of that was, it wasn't like, putting the ball in a tight window and just doing things that um, your state, your average college football quarterback couldn't do. I mean, those guys were number one picks for a reason. I mean, you know, again, there's a clear difference, I think, in how good Baker Mayfield is as a passer, how good Kyler Murray is as a passer, and then how good, you know, the, the follow-up year with Jalen Hurts was. But if, okay, but here's the question on Mayfield, and this is, this is where it gets really interesting. Had Mayfield stuck at Tech, and they put him on scholarship, and he decided to stay. And let's say he had the same kind of success at Tech as he did at OU. Are we still viewing it the same, or are we still placing that label on him, Texas Tech quarterback? And, and I and I dare say that if he had success, he if he would stay at Tech, he probably wouldn't have been the number one overall pick. Probably not number one overall, was, but I mean, Mahomes went in the first round. Yeah, yeah, and I remember when yeah. people didn't, and people criticized Kansas City for moving up for that. They yeah. thought they were nuts. Yeah. So, I, and I think if anything, Patrick Mahomes has proven, even in in that style of offense, you got to have some talent. It, you're not just the three of us can't just walk onto the field at Lubbock. No, no, and then no, all of no. a sudden amass, no, <laughs> amass a you know a thousand yards in three games. It's that's that's not the way it works. But it just kind of feels like all those guys got got labeled as that. Right. And and even if they weren't going to go to the next level, they had a run on some pretty good college quarterbacks yeah. down there. Not anybody so can, can change, do what those so can guys I change did, Andre yeah. Ware and put Graham Harrell in. No, <laughs> I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Just that. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna get bonus points probably uh, for having the Heisman Trophy winner there. So no, I'm I'm gonna have I'm having Andre Ware there because I felt like I needed to have somebody from the Southwest Conference. (laughs) I didn't. um, And and originally I thought about putting Lance McElhaney in, uh, but it's like okay, an option quarterback 
whose best players were were Bobby Leach, uh, Craig James, and Eric Dickerson. No, that's probably not the wise choice. Uh, I'm so torn here because there's a couple different ways I could go. I could go with a guy that would just be completely opposite of every pick I've made so far, or I, I think I still have like three guys that probably fit the mold of what I've done to this point. Um, or I could just uh, throw a curveball and and pick somebody that nobody would expect. I'm going to go that route. Uh, I'm going to go further. I'm going to pass some lists, some guys on my big board that I have ranked higher than this guy. Uh, yes. But I'm just a big fan, and especially because Eric pulled out the Steve Young and Andre Wares at the end. I'm going to go with a former Big 8 quarterback. Ooh. And he fits the mold of, of every player I've drafted to this point. Was he the Big 8's all-time leading passer? No. Okay, so it's not that guy. No. All right. Does his last name Gundy? <laughs> he's the big twi- he's the big eight's all-time leading passer actually is he really <laughs> yes <laughs> nice nice i don't think mike gundy's skill set matches the guys that i've drafted to this point i mean did i miss something oh with- oh pat will tell you he could run a little <laughs> if you needed him to run the option <laughs> hey kale could run some option football yeah i mean hey if you needed him to- <laughs> yeah um okay i'm gonna go Michael Bishop, Kansas State. Ooh, Heisman runner-up. Once again, dual threat, big arm, could beat you with the legs. Uh, a guy that OU was glad. Uh, you know this? I remember Al Eshbeck asking asking Mike Stoops if he was glad Michael he'd never see Michael Bishop again. Uh, one time after Kansas State came down to Norman and gave him a tough game. It's a good pick. Yeah. It's a real good pick. I like, like I said, one. I went I went further. I, I passed like ten names, but no, nah, it's Michael Bishop. Like it. Hey, tough kid. So I'm uh I'm torn here between a few guys on the last pick of this draft. So I, I feel like it's a disservice that Sam Bradford is still on the board, just for the fact that it his he was so good his freshman yeah. year and his in his Heisman campaign was amazing, but. I don't know that I want to go with Sam Bradford here. Uh, Doug Flutie was up there, but I think, you know, I, I look back at Doug Flutie's stats and it seems like it was a lot of just 84 was just real big. And that Miami game, the Hail Mary, like kind of just, we remember that, but he wasn't, he was kind of just an average quarterback leading up to that 84 season when he won the Heisman. So I'm going to throw Flutie out. I'm going to throw Bradford out too. And I'm going to go choose between two guys that I like a lot. One, uh, high-level success at two different schools. Uh, neither of them are your traditional blue bloods, but he won at both oh, places, put up big numbers. And the other is a just sentimental, just one vivid memory in my head that I have of him that I've always loved him. And he was, on top of that, he was a great college quarterback. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to let you guys choose. Should I go uh, option A or option B? Well, option A is Russell Wilson. Okay, yeah, that's obvious. No Dan Marino, huh? None of us picked Dan. How could any of us not pick Dan Marino? Shame on me. Shame on me for going on Drew Yeah. So, Russell Wilson's a good pick. I don't know who B is, so I... Yeah, I, you know I what? didn't give a great description. I'll go, I'll go B just because I don't know who it is. Okay. All right. All right, B it is. Last pick of the draft. I'm going to go with a guy... 
that was literally carried down the field as he led his team to a win because he had a broken leg, a broken freaking leg. Byron Leftwich! Yes! Love, love Byron Leftwich. I, like, I have vague, vague to, I like, I remember him playing at Marshall as a child. Like, so I, I remember that. Like, I remember watching the game where he had the broken leg get him carried down the field. It's one of the most iconic but, like, scenes in college right. football. Yeah. But and I've I've gone back and watched some Byron Leftwich games, a lot of highlights. Big fan, uh, and for him to be at Marshall and have that success post Chad Pennington and Randy Moss, and to still put up big numbers at Marshall to still be successful as with him at quarterback, I'm just gonna go straight fandom here. I'm going Byron Leftwich. I like it. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a no. That's that's a fun pick. Um, and a guy who's having real real success as an offensive coordinator in the NFL right now. Uh, I thought he'd be better in the NFL. I think his problem one. After what he was not never the most mobile guy. No, I mean, he pretty much what 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 was a statue yeah. and slow um, delivery. Just it it felt like yes. his load. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm still ten years old. <laughs> uh, it felt like the just, the load yeah. he had for his you know to load it up and then deliver it. It just felt like it was a million years long. Well, I mean, Tim Tebow Tom Coughlin right? wasted. Yeah, Tom Coughlin wasted no time benching it for David Garrard, who yeah. was okay, but I mean, you know, it's not like he got benched for Peyton Manning or Andrew Luck or something. I like that pick a lot, Aaron, because I'll tell you this, one of the guys I debated for my final pick was Colt Brennan. Yeah. Just strictly oh, out of like, you know what, I just really liked watching Colt Brennan play football at Hawaii. Uh, I left Dan Marino and Troy Aikman off my list, and both of those guys should should have probably gone, gone on. Yeah. I had, uh, uh, but no. I obviously had so Heisman winners that I had on my list that weren't selected: Matt Leiner, Lamar Jackson, um, yeah. Carson Palmer, Jameis Winston, Danny Warfel. Which okay, expl- explain to me, guys, on that ESPN list, how is Carson Palmer ranked below Sam Bradford? Oh, man, I I mean that's it's almost a preference thing, right? I, Carson Palmer played in a very pro-style offense at USC, and Sam Bradford played in the you know the spread that is scoring fifty points a game. And and look, there are some people that would argue that that Sam Bradford offense is arguably the best offense in college football history. I mean, until I mean, the, until the last couple seasons, people have made that argument. Their efficiency was yeah like ne- in another universe up to that like for what we had seen up to that point. Um, I, I think it's a shame. I do think it's a shame that Matt Leinart is above Carson Palmer. Leinart was a guy for me yeah. that it, I never really got a great like sense that he was the reason that USC was so dominant during that stretch. He was good, obviously, and like he didn't cost him games, but I never watched them and said, Leinart's the guy that I'm afraid of. Like he's the guy that I think is going to beat my team today. I mean, it was always somebody else, whether it was Reggie you know, Bush. The, I don't, right, I don't know and, guys. 55, 19 Lindell white. Uh, I thought liner put every Dwayne ball Jarrett? on the money in that national championship game. Yeah, it was, I mean, yes, he was good. That game, obviously they destroyed OU, but he had a better a supporting of, cast. He had a better supporting cast than, than what Carson Palmer. Well, had for sure. USC. Yeah, for sure. So uh, you can make the the argument that Palmer did more with less. Yeah, I, I still think that Palmer was the better of the two quarterbacks. I don't think USC loses to Texas if Palmer's playing quarterback. 
Uh, well, Texas had my number one overall pick, so yes, they do. <laughs> Carson Palmer's not out there tackling Vince Young, Eric. That's true. <laughs> didn't Palomalu? Didn't Palomalu play on the same team with Carson yes. Palmer? What, what weren't they there right at the yeah. right around? Yeah, the they same were there time. at the same time. Yeah, no, Palmer had more. I, I think Palmer clearly had more NFL skills than Matt Leinart. I don't think that's debatable. Well, uh, yeah, I just don't, you know, I, sure. a lot of that isn't always showcased in college offenses. And, you know, the offense that Matt Leinart was in just showcased him more, I think, than. Uh, well, okay. So let, let's, let me pose this question to you. If they had switched their years at USC and Carson Palmer was there from 03 to 05, does anything change? I mean, obviously, the only game they really lost was to Texas in the national championship game, but I, I definitely I, think I, that the liner teams with Palmer are just as good, maybe better. I don't know that the Palmer teams with liner are as good. So, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I think that's a that's a that's a fair question. Um, well, and and Sam Brad, I mean, do you take Sam Bradford over Jason White? I'd probably take Jason White over Sam Bradford. If we're just going OU quarterbacks and what hurt Jason White more than anything was just two knee injuries. And the fact that he came yeah. back from two knee injuries and was still able to, to to win the Heisman Trophy is one of the most impressive things that, that we have seen in the last 20 years in college football. Yeah, I mean, but, that, you, there, there, but you could argue and there's people that do argue that there was another guy on that team that should have won the Heisman over Jason White. One year, yeah. I was about to say, him. I kind of feel like Adrian Peterson, you know, on his own may in some ways take away from the well, way people remember but Jason But Adrian White. Peterson lost the Heisman the year that Liner won it. Yeah, the year you're the right. White Jason won White, it, Adrian, Adrian yeah. Peterson was not was not on the team. Kewan Jones was the yeah. running back. You're right, you're right. If Peterson was there the year after. I forgot White came back after he won the Heisman. And yet both of them still finished yeah. what? Were they two, three? I think two and three. Yeah, I think two and three. Gosh, and still got smoked by USC. Yeah. Um, Did you guys ever debate Lamar Jackson? No. Yeah, I I thought I thought about putting Lamar Jackson where Mike Vick was, or even Steve Young with with, with one of my with one of my last few picks. And unfortunately for him in college at the time, you know, we were working. I mean we were working so much. I was on the road so much at that time. The only guys I was really getting to see was, was, was Oklahoma. So I didn't get to see Lamar Jackson as much, obviously phenomenal career. Um, he's off to a, a hell of a start in the NFL. Um, I don't know if he's the best quarterback in the NFL, but see, you, you guys talk about top three. I have a hard time not putting Lamar Jackson in my top three quarterbacks in the NFL right now. I thought about it. I think it's just cause I hadn't seen him as much as everybody else on my yeah. list, for the exception of Stallback. And Stallback, I do that out of de- out of deference more than anything else. Yeah, I had I had Winston pretty high as well. Uh, and, you know, again, that last year when Florida State was National just a champion. sinking ship. No, after the championship. Oh. When you know, they made the playoff and Oregon annihilated them in, in the semifinal. Uh, but that whole year, that was one of those situations where they were the defending champs. They went undefeated the year before and... They kind of played like it, like they they went unbeaten, I think, in the entire regular season. But it, like it was just nobody ever felt like you were getting the very best that they had to offer. And then I think you add Winston's NFL failures, and and he's probably not remembered uh, as as well as he should have been as far as his college career. Um, I had Tua on the list really high, and Trevor Lawrence as well. And then another guy that I had on my list was Brandon Whedon. 
and this goes back to, you know, the conversation we had with Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield. If you just stand on a sideline and watch Brandon Whedon throw a football, it's one of the most impressive things you've ever seen. Like, it just, it, it, he's unlike 90% of the quarterbacks I've ever watched play the game. Just his ability to to throw the ball from point A to point B. Kellen much- Moore. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Eric. No, I was just going to ask, because you probably saw him and Mason Rudolph in person. Yeah. How much more impressive was Brandon Whedon than Mason Rudolph? I don't even think there's an argument to be had. It's Brandon Whedon by a mile. Like, I, I, I laugh at the idea that anybody would re- even, like, have the conversation to debate Mason Rudolph ahead of Brandon Whedon. I don't even think it's close. And yet, ESPN Plus did. Yeah. Didn't even put Brandon Whedon on the list, and they yeah. put Mason Rudolph ahead of Pat Mahomes. Unreal so. to me. Unreal to me. And, and look, I, <laughs> yeah, that, I'm not taking anything away from Mason Rudolph. I don't think he was a bad college quarterback. I just, Brandon Whedon, to me, just had that something extra that made him special that Mason Rudolph didn't have. I mean, it just... Go watch Brandon Whedon's games at Oklahoma State. The guy was incredible. Kellen Moore, anywhere on your list? Hell no. <laughs> no. Hell no. No. Not not playing. When did Kellen Moore leave Boise State? I'm trying to remember if they were in the MAC or the Mountain West. 2011. And I know Steve Young played played in the WAC with BYU, but but Steve Young was a pro. I mean, Steve Young was a prototypical NFL quarterback. I mean, he, and he's yeah. proven it. Kellen Moore was just a guy, just just a guy in an offense playing at a crummy conference. That that's all he was. It's all anybody from that school ever is. Is just a bunch of dudes playing at a crummy conference on a blue field that happened that 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 owe all their success to Oklahoma not being able to defend two trick plays. Not never, <laughs> never, never. Well, I mean, what a Boise State player. As a Dallas Cowboy fan that's been so irritated at Kellen Moore's offense the last few years, I absolutely love <laughs> Eric just railing on him right here. What are you talking about? ESPN has him 14 above four Heisman winners. That's absurd. Multiple, no top three picks. Uh, they have number Pat Mahomes at 54. It should know the list right there. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. And if Patrick Mahomes I, wasn't an NFL MVP, I 100% promise you nobody would even have him on this list or debate him being radar. on the list. Yeah. No, that's that's probably right. Well, Josh Heupel wasn't on the list. Josh Heupel and Brandon Whedon weren't both on the list. Landry Jones was. Yeah. And Landry Jones is I, still right now, and he's the most winningest quarterback at OU, or at least was at one point. Josh Heupel may be the most significant. Josh Heupel is the most significant player, most impactful player at OU in the last 20 years. He helped turn that program into into what it is today, Um, both as a player and a coach, some would argue. Um, How many guys on that list did Brandon Whedon beat in 2011, by the way? Because he beat Andrew Luck. He beat Landry Jones. He beat Colin Klein. He beat Robert Griffin III. Just in, and that's just in that season alone. Um, is that's Ryan Tannehill on this that, list? Because I think Ryan Tannehill quarterbacked no, A&M that no. season because he beat A&M. Graham, was, pretty, was that Graham Harrell or was Harrell gone at Tech by then? Okay. okay uh, but here's a, no, Harrell's gone. I'm sure. gone. Okay. How the hell is Colin Klein on this list? How is he 38? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's all numbers. 
it, it's it's all numbers, efficiency, quarterback rating. When you when you look at the list, it's all about numbers. Yeah. It's not about ability. If you sat down and actually watched guys and compared them and went on film, went on athleticism, how they execute read defense, that list would be a whole heck of a lot different. It's one of the reasons why I hate numbers hate them because they only tell you so much. And uh, unfortunately, when people start arguing numbers, they don't take into account, uh, especially when we're talking about quarterbacks, I think the biggest, the, the biggest judgment of a quarterback is sort of the, the biggest judgment of a coach. What do you do when you, what do you, what can you do with less? Yeah. What, what can, you know, how can you make people around, around you better? And if we're just strictly going off numbers, achievements, and accolades, those aren't, usually really good arguments to make, but those are the ones that we fall back on because they're the lowest hanging fruit. Yeah. Um, I remember the other name. So 2011, that was, that was the year I got hired from the sports animal to triple play sports covering OSU football. That year, Whedon beat Nick Foles in Arizona as wow. one of their non-conference opponents. And then he beat Ryan Tannehill at A&M, RG3 at Baylor, Landry Jones at OU, Colin Klein at Kansas State, and then Andrew Luck at Stanford. Couldn't beat Iowa State though, Colby. <laughs> <laughs> still, yeah. I, I still think they would have given LSU a hell of a they game. They would have, yeah. I, yeah, uh, I, Brandon Whedon not being on this list, A, I think is dumb, but not being ahead of, of Mason Rudolph is, is even worse. If you're going to put an Oklahoma State yeah. quarterback on there, I, I just don't know how you go Rudolph well, over Whedon. And and obviously that list didn't take into account some of Mason Rudolph's decision-making because, because there were times, especially his senior year, I think of the, the OU game and a couple of other games I watched where it felt like he should have been further along than what he was. There, there were a couple of reads he made, there were a couple of misthrows he made. I can't remember who the interception was too in the OU game where you're thinking, how's a fourth-year guy making that throw? And that, I mean, it was, he telegraphed his pass. It was there it was an easy pickoff and those are just mistakes i didn't see from brandon whedon yeah brandon brandon whedon i don't remember him making many miscues that that year in 2011 yeah he was he was really really good and like i said i mean there there's just there's something about those guys that when you when you watch them throw the football in person and just see the difference between like the truly elite throwers and and you know just the guys um it's you know Whedon is in that group Baker's in that group Kyler's in that group like when you watch the football come out of their hands there's a wow factor yeah um I I remember the first time I ever saw Kyler Murray throw a ball I was standing in the end zone he had come in for relief of Baker Mayfield and I was standing in the end zone in Norman and I don't remember who he threw it to but when he launched it because it is the first time I'd seen him. I'm like, oh, well, they're fine. <laughs> I mean, it sucker must have sailed about 60 yards. And it just, it was true. And it it had, I mean, it had a tight spiral. And you're just thinking, okay, well, you know, <laughs> yeah. they, they're just going to reload next year. They'll be just as good. At least, with the, at least this guy will be. Yeah. That was a lot of fun, guys. Uh, I will uh, I will post this, and we'll uh, we'll ask uh, the the people to vote for the winner. Um, I think do we all have an OU quarterback at least? Yeah, I think. Oh we no, do. Aaron didn't take I one. I don't. Yeah, uh, well, but not picking Bradford last in that last probably pick is gonna, probably cost you. Yeah, probably cost yeah. you. But 
Or Whedon. Yeah. I mean, you probably could have picked up votes there. Yeah. <laughs> could have gone. Could have gone with either one. <laughs> could have gone with Mike Gundy. <laughs> I mean, I, I only picked. Uh, I only picked one quarterback to beat OU in a national championship game. So I mean, come on. Oh, oh we have Bone here. <laughs> You could have picked Tebow. You could have picked Leinert. Um, was it who was was it Matt Flynn? I think it was Matt Mock. Or Matt Matt Mock. I think it was Matt Mock. Who beat him at LSU. I, I I could be wrong. It's none of us have Jamarcus Russell on our list. Uh, just saying, you know. I don't know just how saying, he Jamar- was. I mean, he was so good, was good at LSU. He was the number one overall pick. Supposedly, he had one of the best pro days of anybody in the history of college football. And that's what led him to yeah. be the number one. Pick. His workout was apparently. Well, didn't legendary. he do that ridiculous thing where, where like he got down on his knee from the 50 and like threw it through over the yep. goalpost. And then people were like, yeah, yep. number one pick. We got to take him. Meanwhile, Patrick Mahomes is standing, throwing goal line to goal line. <laughs> yeah. yeah. could throw the ball out of the stadium. I mean, come on. Yeah. Insane. <laughs> All right, fellas, I appreciate it. You guys have a great weekend. Uh, Always appreciate our conversations every week, and uh, we'll catch up next week. Thank you. That is it for this episode of the Colby Daniels Podcast, presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom, CBD, and Delta 8. Right now, when you order online, abotanicalcompany.com, we're saving you 15% with the discount code ColbyShow, C-O-L-B-Y-S-H-O-W. Discount code ColbyShow for 15% off your online order, abotanicalcompany.com. Everybody have a great weekend, stay safe, and I'll talk to you on Monday. Podcast is over.